Hi, beautiful being. Welcome to Primally Nourished. I'm your host, Bridget Woolley, nutritional therapist, nervous system optimizer, embodiment and trauma awareness coach. I'm excited to bring you a weekly dose of inspiration, information, and effective strategies in the realms of health, movement, mindset, and all things personal growth. My mission with each episode is to help you navigate your health and to create consistent and sustainable habits that align with your personal values through accessible, holistic, and functional nutrition, mindset, and lifestyle education. The focus of this podcast is to share about experiences from my own life, as well as the regular patterns and questions I see in my practice as a holistic health practitioner, and to inspire you on your own unique journey to vibrant health. Hi there, welcome to today's episode, which is all about hormones. This is one of my favorite topics because hormones control just about everything in the body. They're, they are our body's chemical message, messengers and travel in our bloodstream to tissues and organs, communicating essentially everything. <laughs> They work slowly over time and affect many different processes, including metabolism, our sex hormones, sexual function, libido, reproduction and fertility, our mood, our metabolism, and just like, yeah, like I said, everything. Um, I wrote a program on this called the Hormonal Reset Program. And this reflects a lot of my personal journey with recalibrating my hormones. If you've listened to the first two episodes, you know that I lost my cycle for about a year and had hypothalamic amenorrhea. And so my my journey recalibrating my hormones was a long one and really beautiful. And I learned so much and I wrote about all the things in this program. And in today's episode, I'm going to talk about eight tips to bring hormones back into balance. And before I get into those tips, I just kind of want to explain a little bit about what hormones are and what they actually do. And a lot of people, I think, believe that hormones are just it's sex hormones in the body. And there's so much more than that. So hormones come from our endocrine glands, which are a special group of cells that make hormones. Uh, so our major endocrine, endocrine glands are the pituitary, the pineal gland, the thymus, the thyroid, adrenal glands, and the pancreas. In addition to that, you know, men produce hormones in their testes and, and women produce them in their ovaries. So then we also have the sex hormones. Hormones are produced in a complex process, uh, but really depend on beneficial fats and cholesterol. So lack of beneficial fats and cholesterol can cause hormonal problems simply because the body doesn't have the building blocks to make them. So we see kind of in today's society, a lot of people limiting cholesterol or dietary fat. And then eventually, maybe years down the road, can see like thyroid issues come up or adrenal issues come up or fertility issues come up. It is because we need these building blocks to have a a proper balance in in our in our body in in our hormones so one of the most foundational ways to support our hormones is to eat enough food 
<laughs> this is one of the most common things I see in my practice is under eating. I often get asked how someone can know if they are eating enough. And so I want to just give some signs because I love looking at signs that the messages our bodies can be giving us. And so some of those signs could be low or inconsistent energy, poor appetite, hunger, and cravings, right? So constantly craving sugar or salt or fat, um, anxiety, right? So uh, anxiety, I like to think, is a form of cortisol, right? So I talked a lot about cortisol in the last episode. So if cortisol is high because our, our body is stressed because we're not eating enough, then that will create a feeling of anxiety. Constipation. If we don't have enough fatty acids or fiber to uh, produce healthy bowels, then, then we will be constipated. Feeling cold frequently, right? So this is kind of like uh, a symptom of uh, underactive thyroid is kind of feeling, yeah, just like low body temperature. Uh, difficulty falling and staying asleep. So I talked a lot about that in the last episode too, which is high cortisol, stress, right? So if we're not eating enough, the body is under stress and that cortisol will be high at night when it's supposed to be low. There'll be some symptoms of blood sugar dysregulation. And so, um, yeah, we'll have difficulty falling and staying asleep. We'll start to see some hair loss, maybe some irregular cycles, missing periods, uh, a kind of like more intense luteal phase, or starting to feel symptoms of like PCOS or PMDD, um, irritability and mood changes, right? So um, if our hormones are just like not having enough gas to uh, support all of these processes that are happening in our body, then we'll just kind of be constantly like irritated and uneasy and then unable to deal with stress, right? If our body is constantly perceiving everything as a threat because cortisol is high, then we'll be un uh, more likely to be unable to deal with just daily stresses. And so eating enough means eating enough food to meet all of your basic needs, right? Breathing, our heart beating, digestion, cell growth and repair, uh, plus enough to support activity and movement. So there are just functions that our body is just doing naturally on its own throughout the day that it needs energy for. And then anything extra that is just like uh, movement, fitness, uh, work at working out walking running playing with your kids and then also uh, mental um, you know if you have a job that is mentally taxing or um, you're creating a lot or um, just like on for eight hours um, that is that takes a lot of energy expenditure as well right so hormone production requires energy under eating reduces the amount of energy we're giving our bodies which slows down our metabolism also, what can happen when, when we're under eating for a long period of time and our metabolism starts to slow, our body doesn't trust us. It doesn't trust that we are going to give it the essential energy to do all of its natural functions. And so it'll start to actually store weight, right? So um, there's kind of like a common thread, like if you are under eating initially, like 
weight will be fine. You might even lose weight, but then there will be this period of time where your body is just like so exhausted that it'll actually start to store weight and be almost impossible for you to lose weight. And this will slow down hormone production uh, amongst many other processes in the body. And so if you can relate to any of these symptoms I, miss, I, I mentioned above, your body is giving you signs that you're not eating enough. And there are ways that you can progress towards eating more. And uh, the first step is establishing your baseline, right? So kind of knowing uh, there's, there's something called a, a total daily ex energy expend exposure calculator. And I believe this is, um, I'll link it in the show notes, but I think it's like T-D-E-E calculator.com. And so you can like type in your age and your weight and, and these things and kind of just get a baseline for um, how much you should be eating. And then uh, an important thing to remember too is like our bodies aren't calculators. So this is an estimate. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not into calorie counting or tracking um, very much, but I think it can be helpful at times for if we just like don't know how much energy our body is expending and how much we are ingesting. So this just kind of gives us an idea of, of what that could be. Okay, so we talked about signs that you're not eating enough. Now let's talk about signs that you are eating enough. Right, so you have stable, reliable energy. You're, you have hunger when you wake up and throughout the day and hunger that doesn't feel like hanger, right? So hanger is like a blood sugar crash. It's like, I need to eat immediately. So if you're like, cool, I notice hunger is coming up and I know I need to eat. So right, like consistent hunger cues and knowing what those feel like. Uh, a predictable mood, uh, you know, for the most part, depending on like where we're at in our cycle, you know, seasonally, um, whether we're in at our, follicular phase or ovulation or luteal or we're bleeding like our energy will slightly be different but that you can kind of predict how your energy will be throughout the day uh, that you have regular bowel movements daily uh, you have healthy hair and vibrant skin and nails and um, you're able to fall asleep and stay asleep most of the night you have a pretty regular cycle with minimal symptoms and that you can handle stress well. So, like we said, like I said, <laughs> hormone production requires energy. We extract energy from the food we eat. And undereating reduces the amount of energy we're giving our bodies, which essentially slows down our metabolism. And a slow metabolism has a trickle-down effect, kind of like a domino effect on the rest of the system and the body, including the hormones. So now I'm kind of going to go into talking about the tips for balancing hormones naturally. You know, the endocrine, endocrine system is a complex system. And, you know, we'll probably never completely understand it, but there, these are some basic things that you can do to, to boost your body's ability to create and balance hormones. And so, you know, I kind of already went over the first one, which is eating enough food. And more specifically for hormones, kind of how I talked about cholesterol and healthy fats um, that are essential for those building blocks in the body, it is eating enough healthy fats. 
the body is simply not meant to consume the man-made fats found in like vegetable oils and processed seed oils that we see a lot now in almost every packaged food. The fat content of the human body is mainly saturated fat with only about 3% of the body's fat coming from other types. So we've kind of like seen this rise and like avoid saturated fat. Saturated fat equals like uh, um, just like uh, not a healthy heart and uh, avoid cholesterol. And we've kind of like seen these things rise as there's been the, this rise of industrial seed oils and vegetable oils. And that is all um, <laughs> mistruths, right? So the 3% of the body made up of polyunsaturated fats contains both omega-3 fats and omega-6 fats in about a 50-50 balance. This ratio is extremely important for health and it's often ignored. Seed oils uh, like canola, soybean, sunflower, um, these are very, very high in omega-6. So we won't see that one-to-one -one ratio and this can cause inflammation in the body. You know, nowadays, not only are we consuming way too many omega-6s, but we are not consuming enough beneficial omega-3s and saturated fats. And omega-3s mostly come from saturated fats, right? Like egg yolks, tallow, fatty fish, beef. Um, these types of fats are vital for proper cell function, especially hormone function, as these, like I mentioned, are literally the building blocks for hormones. So when we don't give the body adequate amounts of these fats, it must use what is available relying on those lower quality polyunsaturated fats. Yeah, so this is where we'll see a lot of inflammation in the body because the trouble is that these polyunsaturated fats are less stable and they oxidize easily in the body, which can lead to inflammation and, and mutations within the cells. Other types of fats, um, especially saturated fats, are vital for hormone health and balance. Uh, the body uses fats as building blocks and hormones. So I just keep reiterating that because I think there's right been this uh, demonization of fats and, and saturated fats. And, and these fats are essential for brain function, for hormone production, and for overall energy and vitality, like feeling vibrant in the body. You know, our body has two different fuels that it runs off of. It runs off of sugar and it runs off of fat and both are essential. Um, so if we're only running off sugar, right? So eating more of a high carbohydrate, high carbohydrate diet and a low fat diet, right? We're constantly going to be spiking blood sugar, right? So eating the proper balance of protein, fat, fiber, and carbs in every meal is, is super essential. And this is something I talk a lot about um, in my practice. If I'm working one-on-one -on -one with a client, this is something I will talk about in the hormonal reset program. So, you know, if all this is resonating with you and you're interested in learning more about hormones and in balancing them, then I would really recommend that program. It's a follow along, easy to read, kind of breaks down the endocrine system, um, our uh, cycle health, digestive health, um, all of these foundations and then gives you tools um, and recipes and a meal plan and, and so much good information.
And so, yeah, really just like the bottom line of this, this first tip, um, eating enough food and eating enough healthy fats is try to limit fats or don't eat fats like vegetable oil, peanut oil, canola oil, soybean oil, margarine, fake butters, or chemically altered fats, right? So fats that have been found for thousands of years before like agriculture revolution. So choose fats like coconut oil, real grass-fed butter, ghee, olive oil, animal fats like tallow and lard and duck fat, um, yeah, from healthy sources of, of animals instead of, instead and eat lots of high omega-3 fish, well, sardines and salmon and mackerel and oysters and all those great things. Okay, so number two is limit the caffeine, right? This one has been such a, a challenge for me throughout my life because, <coughs> excuse me, I love the taste of coffee. Actually, one of my first jobs was managing a coffee shop for about six years and traveling uh, to different parts of Central America and tasting beans. And um, I just, yeah, I love the taste of coffee. But the truth is that too much caffeine can wreak havoc on the endocrine system, especially if there are other hormone stressors involved, um, like under eating or pregnancy or the presence of toxins or uh, beneficial fat imbalances, stress, liver congestion, you know, um, any of these, these other stressors. So, you know, practice cutting down on the coffee. Um, I still enjoy a cup of coffee most days, but I, I don't have a ton of it. And I make, I'm making sure that all of my other factors are on point, like sleep and I'm eating enough. And, um, I'm also getting enough hydration and minerals. Um, another thing is like caffeine can deplete the body of minerals and minerals are cofactors for energy in the body. So, um, some things I, I, I would recommend are, you know, replacing, uh, coffee with beneficial herbal teas, uh, mud water, um, mushroom blends you know there's so many cool coffee alternatives now um we're drinking like a high quality swiss de swiss processed decaf um and then also right like enjoying life and having a cup of coffee when it feels aligned um but not using caffeine as like a way to jumpstart your energy right so if you haven't been eating enough you haven't been sleeping well and then we throw caffeine on top of that that like i said can just wreak havoc on the endocrine system or, you know, another thing I like to do is if I am going to have coffee, I will load it with fat, right? So this slows down the caffeine intake and gets us those healthy fats that are going to nourish our brain and endocrine system first thing in the morning. So um, you can blend, if you've heard of like butter coffee or bulletproof coffee, that is essentially what's happening there is um, we're adding coconut oil or butter, or MCT oil or collagen um, or any of those things to your coffee and blending it up in a delicious latte. And so number four, uh, sorry, number three, uh, prioritizing sleep. Um, this is like the biggest one. Uh, I can't emphasize this one enough. Without adequate sleep, hormones will not be in balance, period, right? So while we're sleeping, our body is extremely actively removing toxins, recharging our mind, creating hormones, 
uh, healing different things in the body, muscle recovery, uh, tissue repair. So skimping on sleep, even for one night, can have tremendous impacts on hormones. And um, some of my, you know, sleep, a sleep hygiene routine. I'm really particular about my sleep. Um, and it's been kind of a, a practice since Ilya uh, has, has been born and, and sleeping with an infant every night, or an infant, a toddler, infant to toddler. Um, and so here are some tips to help improve sleep, right? So improve your, improve your sleep environment by removing artificial light, optimizing the temperature and sound. So um, artificial light. In our home, we really don't use any blue light. Almost all of the lights in our regular lights are uh, like a red lamp or like a salt lamp. And we use a lot of windows throughout the day and kind of just avoid as much artificial light as possible. Another practice is like getting outside first thing in the morning, getting some morning sun ex exposure, which helps set up your circadian rhythm for the day. Also sleeping in a really cool environment, right? If we're hot, um, then yeah, our, we're going to be a little uncomfortable, wake up. So um, I like to sleep with it from you know 68 to 70 degrees. It's kind of like my ideal. Um, and having you know, no, um, like having the room kind of like blacked out and dark is, is very helpful. Um, yeah. And create a, create a daily routine to help support your natural circadian rhythm. Like wake up and go to bed at the same time. Like even on the weekends, if possible, you know, with the rare, with the occasional, like, yeah, there's an event or you're going to a party or, or something like that, or you just want to stay up and, um, yeah, do whatever. But, our bodies really like a rhythm and ritual. So um, for me, you know, I like going to bed between 9 and 10 every night and waking up uh, between 5 and 6. That feels really great for me. And so eat a high protein or high slash high fat snack a few hours before bed. So uh, 7 p.m. or earlier <clears throat> or have, have a, a good sized dinner that is going to stabilize your blood sugar throughout the night. So fat and protein help stabilize blood sugar. I like to use this analogy. Um, if you've ever built a fire, like the large logs being um, like the, the logs that keep the fire going, they stabilize the heat and they stabilize our blood sugar where carbohydrates are more like the kindling so you kind of have to keep throwing them on the fire to keep the fire going. So same thing throughout the night or throughout the day. So if you're mostly eating carbohydrates and your diet's lacking adequate fat and protein, then um, you will have to keep feeding yourself um, all day long or all night long to stabilize blood sugar. Um, so get a lot of natural light during the day. You know, spend at least 30 minutes outside if possible. Uh, the wide spectrum of natural lighting helps boost serotonin, which improves melatonin levels at night. Um, so, yeah, we talked uh, in the last podcast about, you know, cortisol and melatonin and how they, um, those are the hormones that support our circadian rhythm. So, and taking a soothing salt bath at night. I really love this practice, just like diving into a bath with epsom salt and a little bit of lavender really helps relax me and drops me into the parasympathetic before sleep 
Okay, uh, number four, exercise the right way. Um, <laughs> so for those with hormone imbalance or just like fatigue or maybe have been under eating for a while, and you know, under eating can come in unconsciously. Like a lot of the times it's an unconscious pattern um, or it's just like, uh, you don't feel hungry, right? Maybe it's because of high cortisol or blood sugar dysregulation or um, you just haven't known how much to eat. So, um, but for those with any sort of hormone imbalance or uh, symptoms happening in their body, intense extended exercise can actually make the problem worse in the short term. And so sleep is much more important, at least during the balancing phase. So focusing on uh, more yin or uh, relaxing exercises such as like walking or hiking or swimming um, and like slow weights um, if you're doing strength training um, and not doing more of the like extended running or cardio or HIIT exercises because those um, can really elevate cortisol and uh, just deplete us um, in that short term. So um, when I was recalibrating my hormones, I actually didn't exercise for almost a year and just really focused on like yoga and meditation and walking. And so that was like an extreme case. Um, but yeah, just finding a balance um, with, with a movement practice that feels really nourishing like even like dance or you know if, if you watch me on Instagram or I've seen the type of movement that I teach or like to do it's more of like a primal movement a, a flow um, so it is more of like an embodied practice um, yeah so while extended cardio cardio can be kind of how I just said a little intense on the body short bursts of heavy lifting like kettlebells or deadlifts or squats um, can actually be beneficial since they they can trigger a cascade of beneficial hormone reactions um, so weightlifting uh, is always really good they st stimulate the hormones that cause um, us to to build muscle um, and help improve serotonin levels and so you know those things are all great we just want to make sure that we are eating enough if we are doing that and number five, supporting digestive health. So the digestive system is so important and has a huge impact on hormones. Not only is the digestive tract the source of many vital neurotransmitters in the body, um, but an imbalance in the gut can translate to an imbalance in neurotransmitter and hormones. So serotonin is a necessary neurotransmitter for sleep and stress balance. And it's more concentrated in the gut than in the brain, right? So this is so fascinating to me. 70% of the immune system is found in the gut. And it's quite literally the mother motherboard of many functions in the body. So, right, we've heard this term like the, the gut-brain connection, right? So the a lot of um, hormones and neurotransmitters begin in the gut and i love this um right like Hippoc hippocrates he knew um this quote it's it's so famous all disease begins in the gut and so this was shared maybe like thousands of years ago and so um such such wisdom there 
those who struggle with gut problems may have trouble achieving hormone balance without first addressing gut health. So this is huge uh, thing that I focus on in my practice is is working on like how is your gut functioning? Are you digesting food? Is there gut imbalances? Uh, how are your bowel movements? Um, so these uh, addressing these issues before working on hormones is sometimes essential. And this is something that I also go over in the hormonal reset program. And number seven, fix your leptin. Leptin is our master hormone. And if it is out of balance, or if you are resistant to it, no other hormones will balance well. And so uh, fixing leptin will help boost fertility, uh, uh, help strengthen our sex hormones and our vitality. This is like our energy vibrancy hormone. It'll make weight loss easier. It'll improve your sleep. It'll lower inflammation. So leptin, um, super important hormone to focus on and yeah like i said this is our master hormone this is our control center hormone so when i'm working with the client um, this is something we will look at is like how is leptin functioning and last one is kind of recircling back to the first one a little bit which is really focus focusing on a hormone balancing diet None of the above that we've talked about um, can be temporary measures. So this is like a, when, what I mean by that is you can't just like focus on these for a short period of time or for like, or just one at a time. Like all of these are essential and work together um, holistically. And so this is like a, kind of like a whole lifestyle change in order to keep hormones in balance long term. <coughs> Pardon me. Um, so once you master or master, I don't really like that word. Once you're consistently practicing these tips, you know, or even just starting with a few of them, maybe choose one or two areas that you can really focus on and, and get those, um, kind of like in, in habit and routine. And then you can add another one and then you could add another one. Um, and so we won't, we want to make changes that are sustainable um, because sometimes when right we try to change everything at once then we just kind of give up and so to make some of these changes sustainable really focusing on finding consistency with just one or two of them initially and if I would say to focus on any of them first it would be eating enough and getting enough sleep <laughs> those yeah kind of the foundations there um and so yeah like I mentioned I go over all of these things in the hormonal reset program uh, that can be found on my website if you have questions about it feel free to reach out to me my email is in the show notes I love talking about these things I love answering questions and yeah I think all of these things, um, I know for myself, like having my hormones out of balance, just like felt like all of my vitality and zest for life was just like drained out of me and just like not having the energy to, uh, live my days in a way that felt really great. And now, um, you know, this was when, you know, eight years ago that I was really working on that, um, 
I just, yeah, I, I still like all of these things, uh, these eight tips that I'm mentioning, like I really, um, have, a, a, as a consistent practice in my life right now. And it just feels so good to, um, you know, be where I am today feeling so, so good and so vibrant, um, after, you know, having the extreme of, uh, feeling so fatigued and then getting to take the wisdom that I've learned from that time of my life and um, to have created a, a really beautiful program that outlines kind of all the stuff that, that I focused on and went through and a lot of the stuff that I focus on with my clients and having you know so many years of practice working with hundreds of women and seeing these common themes and threads um, yeah so <laughs> I hope all this was helpful and that you found insightful and thanks for being here. Thanks for tuning in. I love having this podcast and this space to get to share with you. Have such a beautiful day. Thank you for tuning in to the Primally Nourished podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you feel inspired, I'd love for you to leave a review. This helps me reach more people. And if you'd like to learn more about me, you can do so on my website, bridgetwoolleet.com or on Instagram at bridgetwoolleet. I'll leave the links in the show notes below and I'm wishing you a beautiful day. Thanks for tuning in.